Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. Today's episode is 101, so head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash 101 for all the show notes. Now, this week, we're joined by Amazon industry titans Howard, the professor of Amazon Thai, and Anthony Lee from Signalytics. Now, I first met Anthony in Hong Kong way back in uh, what was it, Global Sources Summit way back in 2015. And after that, we actually did a podcast interview in February of 2018, which is episode 15, so that's 015. And then I met Howard at Global Sources Summit in October of 2018, and since then they've both become partners in their new venture over at Signalytics, which helps Amazon brands launch their products using external outside traffic to listings, which Amazon loves. Now today we go pretty deep into what's working for launching in 2020, uh, you know, the poisoning of rebate sites by low quality buyers, which are really impacting their effectiveness in terms of launching. Uh, and then we get in deep into the insane rise in popularity of TikTok and how Anthony has been able to leverage TikTok to amass a huge following over, of over 61,000 users who follow him for Amazon and general marketing tips. Please stay tuned for this amazing interview with two of the, the most knowledgeable people in the industry. Uh, now, don't forget to head over and join my Facebook group over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Uh, I am still offering private coaching this year. I've had lots of students and they're all doing very, very well. So head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book an hour session with me. Uh, and if you'd like to save 50% off your first month or 10% off for lifetime access to Helium 10, just go over and visit theaustralianseller.com Helium 10. Uh, that's it for now. Let's get on with today's show with Howard Tai and Anthony Lee from Signalytics. to welcome Anthony Lee and Howard Ty from Signalytics, uh, two of the, well, first of all, Howard is called the Professor of Amazon, with good reason, and Anthony, I don't know what your nickname is, Anthony, quickly tell me, do you have a nickname? I don't think I have a nickname. <laughs> it's okay. Anthony is Anthony Lee, and he is an expert at ranking products on Amazon, amongst many, many other things, which we're going to talk about today. And Howard is also an expert on how to rank your products on Amazon, plus many, many other things as well. So I'm delighted to welcome you both to the show. And I was hoping that you might be able to introduce yourselves and give us a, a short background on how you've got to where you are today. Maybe starting with you, Howard. Oh, wait, uh, before we talk, I think I there's a nickname that we, uh, Anthony, is called the father of honeymoon. That's a long nickname. Let's stick with Anthony. <laughs> okay uh so um my background okay uh my background is um i've actually graduated uh uc san diego in computer science and um i then uh after graduating i came straight out to uh didn't really work for anything anyone i actually started selling on ebay actually right after um my um uh graduation and I was selling mm -hmm. off my uh, books on in, in college and a lot of uh, software that I got from like Microsoft and other 
other things. And I, I saw that, hey, this is kind of profitable. So then I do, drove deeper into eBay and uh, later on um, uh, did pretty well. I was doing like um, uh, worldwide e-commerce in like 2011, 2011 already with with eBay as a platform. And then wow. later on, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm sorry, not 2011, 2006, seven or I don't mm. remember exactly what date. And then 2009, I decided to go to um, China, Shenzhen, 2009 to set up Amazon and my uh, the whole fulfillment network and supply chain. So that's uh, then I became selling pretty big. Then I I hit a little stumble through selling hoverboards where <laughs> I kind of um, lost a lot of money because uh, Amazon just out of nowhere. Even though I had like pretty good products out back then, because mm-hmm. I w- didn't want to be like the Chinese where they were selling like like bad batteries with that explode. I tried to really do a really good job on the quality, but uh, Amazon didn't really care about that, so they kind of suspended all everyone's listing, and as mm-hmm. well as told everyone to return their products. Um, mm-hmm. Internationally, there's the, in UK they just say throw it away, in US they just said return it. All these open box hoverboards coming back straight to me, and uh, that's where we, you know, the more you sell, the more you lose. In that sense, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, so yeah, because um, yeah, I mean, the hoverboard craze was enormous. And um, previous guest on the show that I had, um, Ash Monger, last year was also talking about how he got caught up in the hoverboard craze as well, selling into the UK and had, you know, containers of hoverboards on the. <laughs> on the way to the UK and then everything got shut down there. So yeah, it can happen. And yeah, it's very, very expensive. If it does, it can send people bankrupt and it has, but these days too, and um, how would you, you're also holding a lot of seminars and, and masterminds and, you know, elite uh, type, you know, the really sort of big sellers, typically you, you sort of circle around, don't you? You've got the sort of seven, eight, nine figure, even possibly even 10 figure now with Anchor. Um, so it's amazing how you've been able to carve out a real niche for yourself in that space as a, as a real genuine Amazon expert. Um, I believe then, yeah, that's, that's probably what I'm doing right now mm. uh, with all these uh, masterminds uh, that we're targeting like more of a higher, high seller, uh, you know, the elite seller side. Mm. Of Amazon. All right, so Anthony. Yes. Well, uh, my 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 story isn't as colored. Um, uh, mine's pretty typical. I had years and years of experience uh, before getting into Amazon. Very relatable experience in the restaurant industry. Um, and then, <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. And then, um, yeah, I stumbled onto Amazon FBA. Did pretty good. Uh, then didn't do so well, then did pretty good again, then didn't do so. It's been kind of a roller coaster. Same. Um, primarily though, because I think my attention keeps getting pulled away because, uh, as much as I love selling on Amazon, I think I love even more studying Amazon. So that's kind of where I found myself now. I mean, yes, I still sell products on e-commerce, Amazon, and then I've also started experimenting with other stuff, but I really love the, uh, diving in and like trying to figure out, mm. you know, how rank works, how the algorithm works, how AI works. And so a uh, couple handful of software companies and masterminds and speaking engagements over the past five years 
later, I now find myself here pretty much doing a lot of the same, you know, mm. experimenting with things. I just, I feel like a scientist in a laboratory most of the time. You seem to be enjoying yourself. That's for sure. <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about TikTok later. So I'm excited to, to talk about TikTok and what, what you've discovered there. In the meantime, though, before we get there, why don't we talk about what's working in terms of launching and ranking products on Amazon? There have been so many changes over the years. What is the latest and the greatest stuff and what's working and what's not right now? So all the tests that we run, all the tests that, you know, with our own products and uh, with our uh, some of our, our colleagues and graciously allowing us to, to kind of figure things out. Um, we kind of have our fingers on the pulse of like what works and, and specifically what changes because changes are often subtle, but they're kind of fast, right? Like it'll be a really, really small change, but it, but it seems to happen like Monday of one week, this works. And then Monday of the next week, you got to tweak it a little bit or else it won't, I won't do right. Mm. So as of today though, uh, we're finding a lot of success with is kind of going back to, I mean, it almost seems obvious, right? So we understand, and we've understood for a while, uh, Amazon likes outside traffic. Mm -hmm. So for the longest time, people have been trying to do all this stuff with, you know, first with bots and then with just running ad traffic. But ultimately, that's always meant that the number one thing that Amazon likes is organic traffic from outside sources coming to their website and making purchases. So there are probably a lot of different strategies on how to kind of make like different types of traffic happen. And mm -hmm. sometimes they work. Sometimes you have to tweak it a little bit. But but if you attack it at the core, mm -hmm. uh, really the best thing to do is give Amazon what they want, which is organic traffic that comes to their website and makes a purchase. So is that is that organic traffic or can it be paid traffic as well, say AdWords or Facebook ads or stuff like that? Well, that, I mean, that works, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be as effective because Amazon absolutely can tell like there's mm. there, that information is literally passed through the refer. So Amazon knows that that was paid for mm. and they prefer organic. So what we've been doing and seeing like tremendous results, I mean, seriously, far and away better than all the other stuff that we're um, uh, comparing against is using different types of uh, conversational flows to direct people to external websites. And then from those websites, they go back to the product on Amazon and they make the purchase. Wow. And it totally looks like an organic um, click from an external website that's passed through the, the, the refer as not a, not a paid ad, but as an actual visitor from that website. And then when it converts, Amazon mm. pays attention to that because they very much so care about that being quality traffic. And there's no better way to signify that that's quality than a conversion. So mm. that in a nutshell has been probably the most powerful thing that we've been able to add to, you know, the, our promotion strategies. So what about, um, affiliate sites for example is it worth reaching out to affiliates and helping them to drive traffic back from their from their organic you know, websites back to your listing or does that work or not howard i'll let you take that one because i know you spent a lot of time with both mm. so uh, i do most of the uh, a lot of the affiliate side mm -hmm. 
of the affiliate side is actually really powerful because um, let's just um, even even right now we, let's call it the associates right mm-hmm. the associate affiliate sites for Amazon you can tell by the um, by the editorial right now mm-hmm. that's out there if you see on the very widget on the very like in the middle of the of the page you'll see editorials that's right um, those are from uh, affiliates yes so these affiliates are actually driving traffic and also the content into Amazon and and Amazon's kind of like rewarding them even more because before right uh, it, it was just like hey affiliates here drive traffic to into my site and I will give you a commission but now you're getting commission on search results within Amazon so you can see how powerful before they make like maybe like a, a couple thousand ten thousand now they could even make up to a hundred thousand dollars just by driving just by having their little affiliate uh, site links mm. or their uh, content on the Amazon editorial so it's a lot more powerful um, because they get commissions and stuff like that from um, from Amazon sure and but... as well as the seller too nowadays well oh okay yeah okay I mean but I mean there's that millions of affiliate sites quite possibly I mean how does Amazon decide which of the affiliate sites it's gonna promote into so so, so, you, so you have to be in, so you have to be invited to be in this affiliate uh, not all associates mm. are able to get invited so it's called on on-site um, associates so mm-hmm. you need to actually get invited by Amazon they kind of determine if you're uh, eligible or not mm. so that's all on Amazon's side okay Anthony you mentioned the conversational flows earlier so you're, I'm assuming there that's sort of Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or something that is driving people out of those social sites to, you know, a website that is then trying to drive that traffic back to Amazon. Is that the best way to explain that process that you, you've mentioned? Uh, for the most part. So, we, you know, um, we do a lot on uh, Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. uh, but we've actually recently built out an external tool that works um outside of messenger for the people who don't have messenger. Um, but yeah, essentially it drives them not necessarily away from the social platform. Cause the social platforms actually have a lot of authority. Right. Uh, obviously they drives them away when we're trying to uh, build up um, Google traffic, mm-hmm. uh, which is the most authority by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like I care about that more than anything. Uh, so when okay. we're doing Google, then we obviously drive them to Google. But a lot of these social platforms will drive them back into. But what we're doing is driving them into an organic post so that from the post, they make it onto um, the listing because um, that's that's how Amazon wants it to play out. Right. They're in their ideal scenario, uh, there's a post somewhere that's not being promoted through advertising. And people are finding it organically and they're sharing it with each other. So that's kind of what that stimulates. Okay. So we're driving traffic back. What about the sort of uh, rebate sites? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about um, rebates. They were hot, hot, hot for quite a long time. But there's a bit of noise now that the rebate sites are a little bit, I guess, poisoned. So the buyer quality scores aren't very good in those sites. So I'm not going to call any out. But Howard, you've got a bit of experience on sort of what's been happening on the rebate site side of things in terms of launching your products. Um, is there any updates there that you could maybe share? So uh, I'll, I'll start it off and then maybe uh, Anthony can help uh, add any additional stuff that I miss. But uh, yeah, rebate sites um, out there right now is um, because a lot of people are using the certain rebate sites mm-hmm. and they keep on getting, um, you know, 
uh, the more you use the rebate site, the more, um, like, it depends on what you do and how you get them. A lot of them is uh, bad quality uh, buyers uh, that wants only deals or freebies. Yeah. As well as you have, um, you have a lot of uh, these rebate sites that actually um, you got like a lot of these uh, uh, groups of community of people that are going around these rebate sites and buying uh, buying off and getting refunded. Um, the products and then you'll get them hijacking back on your post we have a lot of the clients that are getting uh getting hijacked and which it causes a big problem with your launch strategy which is what why you use the rebate site for so um yeah so that's uh yeah so it's becoming obviously it's just becoming a lot less effective um what about you anthony have you seen anything happening in the rebate side of things that yeah no uh you know like like howard explained this is um it comes down to to buyer quality, buyer pool. Any any time you build a list of from a, a buyer of a basically creating a buyer pool, um, the problem runs into the fact that there the footprint becomes pretty obvious over time because the purchase behavior is going to be the same time and time and time again because these people who are signing up for these uh, you know these groups mm. first of all usually part of several right Mm. um and they come to get stuff from amazon daily so they're giving amazon all the data that their machines need to figure out what buyer behavior looks like that they don't want so that kind of becomes a problem and and i trust me from being in the in the launch space i understand the struggle of trying to keep uh your lists, you know, growing and, and, mm. and full of good buyers. And there are plenty that, that attempt to vet them first, but all in all, um, you know, there's always going to be a percentage that you really can't control. And well, I mean, not even sneak in, it's just that, you know, even basically the, the biggest problem people are your oldest and most supportive customers mm. because they're the most active and Amazon's used to people buying things a couple of times a week. And then all of a sudden you got all these people that are buying things three, four times a day over and over again, mm-hmm. many times from the same uh, uh, sellers mm-hmm. over and over again. Like it, 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 it's not just suspicious. It's obvious. Yeah. And it's the same people. So you're, you're, you know, as a, as a launch service, it kind of sucks because your oldest and your most supportive members of your buying community are typically the ones that are triggering that and what usually will happen is to kind of mitigate any any foul play uh amazon will come in and you know they have ways to to devalue rank and i know that they do some of that but i think a, a lot of times they'll also just kind of temporarily turn off reviews for a product yeah i think that's their go-to, actually it's like immediately they're like okay we don't want fake reviews we know these guys are doing this so for however X amount of time, we're just not going to let it. And that obviously, especially in the very beginning of a listing can really stifle growth. So, you know, there's, there's good and bad and it becomes less tipped over to the good side as, <laughs> uh, as that continues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you actually mentioned reviews. I mean, if you do get a review from somebody that you've offered a rebate to, is that getting anybody's account in trouble or is that just creating a you know a throttle on or just a, a limit on the reviews that you can get on your products 
I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. Uh, I know there's speculation all the time, especially when Amazon doesn't tell you why you're getting uh, suspended. Mm. But I haven't actually been able to see verifiably that uh, this particular system has led to somebody's suspension uh, in connection to reviews. Most of the time, it does appear to be throttling. Yeah. Uh, but that that's not to say that if Amazon can absolutely draw a connection between your promotion efforts and reviews being left on your listing, that's not to say that they're not going to take action. So I'm sure it's happened to somebody, but it doesn't appear to be a huge initiative right now. No, there was a, um, a rumor flying around recently that Amazon had teams of people who were opening inserts on packaging that were in the warehouses and then following the chatbot flows to see whether the reviews were being asked for and rebates and all that sort of stuff. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, I personally haven't. Um, the only thing that I can say, and, and then I'll let Howard answer in case he has any uh, knowledge on that one, but mm. the only thing that I can say, uh, while while I'm skeptical about stuff like that in particular, just because there's a lot of steps involved, um, about five years ago, I was very active in the subreddit uh, fulfillment by Amazon on, on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Back then, I met a user online. I met a user online mm. um, who worked for Amazon, and they told me that they absolutely do have members on their team on occasion go through and join the Facebook uh, review groups, and that's a large reason why a lot of those got ended up getting shut down because they were being infiltrated. So every now and again, uh, Amazon will launch initiatives like that. I'm. The only reason I'm skeptical, though, is because the way that you just described it Mm. requires that they go into the warehouse. So that means that somebody that doesn't typically work anywhere near the warehouses is doing is usually doing the go through the chatbot flow. (laughs) But that means that they have to coordinate with the people in the warehouse to open up packages and get out inserts, even when they don't know whether or not the insert even has a link to a chatbot. So mm. it kind of seems far fetched that that's the way they're doing it. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if they're looking for ads for rebates and then following them through yeah. to see if that maybe that's what 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 it was, yeah. So uh, let me and me add add something to that. Yes, please. Um, so uh for Amazon to do like they're very lazy. They don't really want to use too much human contact. They don't want to use uh, make uh, their employees do work. So mainly it's uh, using um, their customer, people outside that complains about things. Yeah, that's what I thought. That they, mm. You know, that, that's how that's how they usually work, and that's how it is about them. They want they want to crowdsource the uh, workload, the like outsource the work of finding these people, uh, bad sellers through uh, customers. Mm. So the more you like the one or two, it's, it's actually only uh, up to two. When you get up to two. Um, uh, like people complaining about your flows or your uh, some kind of review manipulation, then that's when they actually go in and uh, target uh, your your listing and look into you more deeply. So that's what I would say. I wouldn't be. Uh, I honestly don't don't think that Amazon wants 
there's so many sellers on Amazon. Yeah. They don't want to waste their time to go open or employee hour per hour. How much they charge? How much do they pay their fulfillment center to just look at each of these packages? And it's very cumbersome mm. to open it up and seal it back up or whatnot. So it's it's rather more on the um, on the getting complaints from their customers yeah. in order for you to find if someone's doing something bad or not. Doing, yeah, an investigation. Howard, last year you did a really interesting webinar that I watched recently about uh, the whole importance of getting people to add products to cart and just around how the A9 algorithm works and, and how the add to cart process was actually a one of the strongest signal, if not the strongest reason for good ranking on Amazon. Is that still current? Because I would have thought that it would be was actually bona fide purchases rather than add to carts. But you, you sort of had some inside information that um, add to carts was a really powerful signal to Amazon. Okay, so let me explain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me go a little bit forward and now go backwards. So in, in, in Amazon's eyes, if you look at it, the uh, Amazon Choice Badge is actually more stronger than a bestseller badge. Uh, because when you have a bestseller on a particular category or mm-hmm. subcategory, you actually, and you and you, uh, and you have enough uh, uh, credit mm-hmm. to get the Amazon Choice Badge, Amazon Choice Badge will come up over the bestseller. All right. So the Amazon Choice Badge is actually created based on uh, add to carts. Wow. So add to carts is actually the most, uh, uh, a, a, a signal to Amazon that there's a lot of buyer intent for this product. Mm. So going backwards saying, uh, add to cart is actually, uh, it's called an, um, uh, esti- estimated conversion. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a conversion, but it's an estimated conversion, meaning that, hey, there's a lot of these people are doing the add a cart. Now, Amazon has a formula where if there's that many add to carts in a particular product, they should have that much more sales, usually about two times or 2.5 times the amount of ad, uh, that is add to cart will equivalent to a sale. So they say, hey, there's so much added cart here. We should be getting this much sales. So we'll give you that much opportunity uh, in uh, visibility in order to capture more sales. Yes. So it's estimated conversion. So basically, if you have a lot of add to carts, then Amazon will estimate that maybe, let's say, for example, um, 50% of those people that have added to cart will convert. So it's actually counted as a, as a conversion. Correct. If you think about it, mm-hmm. um, add to carts, right? So now a, a lot of the the, uh, the work that Amazon does is, hey, I have an estimated sales amount through these add to cart because of our algorithm. We know exactly from our uh, uh, experience mm-hmm. that if you get 100 add to carts, you should get about you know like um, 30 or 40 sales. If you get 1,000 add to carts, you should get you know, 10 times that yeah. amount of sales. So if you don't see the sales, they will go through and do a retargeting or, or emailing you mm-hmm. and or like giving you uh, special promotions to get you to buy the item. So a lot of the heavy lifting comes back to Amazon doing more of the, of the retargeting and more of the trying to get you to buy because they know that if they do that, mm-hmm. they should get a particular 
a percentage of your of the sales. How do we get people to add more stuff to the cart? <laughs> How do we do that? Is there any kind of tactics that you're aware of? I mean, does the Helium 10 gem links work where you can, you know, pre-populate a cart? Does that work or not? Uh, <laughs> there is a URL. Go ahead. Yeah. There is a URL that pre-populates the cart, yeah. Um, Interesting. So, I mean, that, you know, I, 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 here's the thing. And there are tactics to get people to add to cart. Uh, and we've utilized them in the past. Um, and I still like to sprinkle it in there. Uh, but it's different than it used to be before it used to be just send people to add to cart. And as long as you also have a promotion on the side that gives a percentage of sales, you know, overall the numbers work out, but Mm. now Amazon's becoming more and more intelligent and the really pay, you know, I mean the, the, the algorithm is a beast. Now it appears that they're spending a lot more time actually paying attention to what they themselves refer to as the customer journey. Yeah. Um, customer journey may like it matters a lot more. So now they're actually paying attention to whether or not the add to cart came, the sale came from somebody who added a cart. So it can't be separate anymore. Right. Mm. Uh, now it has to be a legitimate percentage from the people who add to cart. And then I would say the formula that Howard gave you is rather crude. It really does depend on the product. I mean, they have so much data. They know every single category and price range, what consumer behavior should look like. So they have these numbers, estimated um, car ad, uh, cart ads, estimated sales, and then they're tracking a legitimate buyer who has a legitimate form of payment, who doesn't have uh, red flags because they don't act like an illegitimate buyer. Uh where their clicks are going, what interests they're, you know, what products they're showing interest in. Mm-hmm. And then when they end up on a page, whether or not they actually make the commitment to add it to their cart or not. And they, they track that whole process. Yeah. So what you end up having to do ultimately is sell a really good product. But if you're trying to mimic any of this in your promotions, um, basically your add to cart campaign has to be added to your flow and it needs to be a percentage of the actual uh, traffic that you're driving to your listing yeah. uh, in, within the promotion so that the same people who are adding to cart, some of them do buy and it still looks organic. So it's a little bit more complicated than it used to be, Yeah, but all, all manageable inside of a, a promotion flow. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, so basically what you're saying in summary, Anthony, is that you can't just drop somebody into a cart with all their stuff, with a pre-populated full of products, right? Um, or pre-populated with a single product, Amazon is looking at the organic. We keep going back to organic in this chat, don't we? But yeah, looking at the organic flow, like did this customer perform a search? Did they click on a listing? Did they um, yep. add the cart? And then, you know, that yep. sort of that journey and uh, that user experience that you were talking about is super important in terms of um, the algorithm. So yeah, it looks like the, the days of tricks are starting to run out for us and we need to... Let me add to that a little bit. Um, well, what it is is like the add to cart is uh, important still because you have a lot of uh, maybe you can add to cart with two or three um, items to get that uh, frequently bought together. Mm. But when you do add to cart, it's for regarding to the Amazon choice or bec- uh, regarding to rank something even more through the uh, through the add to cart. But you still need to have a session. You know, make sure that you have a session so that. At least Amazon knows what keyword associates you with that added cart. 
That's right. So, yeah, that's important too, isn't it? Yeah. So, all right. So, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about then, in terms of ranking, Anthony, you mentioned that you are the honeymoon man. Well, actually, Howard mentioned that you didn't like it, so you're Anthony. But the honeymoon, where, where's that at? Are we still? Is it still the same for new products that have been recently launched on Amazon? I think that uh, there's always going to be wild speculation about <clears throat> time frames. Um, and honestly, I'm not even convinced that it's a static thing anymore. Just like everything else, I think it's probably dependent on uh, category, on how the listing was created. I mean, there's so many nuances now. Um, but I will say that um, there, there always has seemed to be power in launching uh, aggressively. Um, even to this day, new products are always easier to rank. I mean, not that you can't rank an older product, but it's just, it's always easier and, and, and it always has been, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much of that is because of sales history. Although I am convinced that some part of it is because I know for a fact that Amazon looks at sales history. I've actually seen communications where Amazon has mentioned, uh, you know, certain penalties put on a product or taken off of a product if it's within, you know, the first three months or whatever. So they mm. themselves acknowledge sales history in the beginning. But regardless of whether or not that changes or what number, you know, what time frame that changes to or from, mm-hmm. there will always be what I call the second honeymoon, which is the relevance, right? So when your listing populates with keywords and in the very beginning it is indexed, there is a period of time where Amazon is looking at every listing activity and that's including traffic, Mm -hmm. clicks, everything, not just add to carts and purchases to determine whether or not basically the, the algorithm is determining at that point, whether or not these keywords are relevant and the higher relevance a keyword is for a listing, the easier it is to rank for it. So as long as their algorithm relies on relevance, that's not going anywhere. So regardless of whether or not you have like crappy sales history for a while, or, you know, you're doing weird merging ASIN things and (laughs) all of that may help, may not help, may hurt. It doesn't matter when you, when a listing first indexes and you have control over that, obviously Mm -hmm. you can take listing copy out, put it back. However, when it first indexes and there is a period where the algorithm is trying to determine relevance. And in that period of time, activity on the listing will impact it. Awesome. Okay. Let's leave it there. There's a lot more to talk about. We could talk about the effectiveness of coupons and it's an unlimited topic, frankly. But um, let's let's move on to TikTok. And I wanted to talk to you, Anthony, because you have plastered Facebook with TikTok vids, which are really, really cool. And not just all about Amazon either, but lots of different things from email marketing and and you know chatbot flows and all sorts of things. Why did you get into TikTok and how is it an effective tool for marketing more generally and specifically with Amazon? So it's quite a broad question, but I'm hoping you might be able to shed some light there. Um, well, I got into it primarily because I was a, a late starter when it came to um, getting on the Gary V bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always, I've always liked the stuff he says, but I never went out of my way to actually pay attention to what he's specifically teaching. Mm-hmm. And then I remember 
when he was telling everybody that Instagram is a thing. Um, and at the time I wasn't paying attention, but then he came back and he was like, look, uh, LinkedIn is really good right now because of the organic reach. And if you're not on TikTok, you're stupid. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, you know what? This guy's a genius. And he, you know, he's figured it out in the past. Why would he be wrong now? So mm-hmm. that was honestly what got me started. But, uh, okay. what, I, where I think it can be leveraged. So a couple things that everybody needs to understand, because I see conversations about TikTok all the time mm-hmm. and a lot of people are skeptical. They're like, Oh, you know, it's just a bunch of teenage girls dancing. And that's actually not true. You should definitely see the parts of TikTok that I managed to find myself in. Um, Very interesting stuff out there. But there are 800 plus million users. uh, And that's growing constantly. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are Gen Z. And here's the interesting thing about Gen Z. According to the stats that I read, um, apparently Gen Z is responsible for like seven upwards of 75 plus percent of any household's consumer purchases that doesn't mean they make the purchases but they steer the purchase right so even the ones that are too young to buy anything themselves the reason the things in a household are being bought is because of them so they are a huge market for (laughs) pestering their parents to buy them stuff yeah we're a huge market force. Mm. So you have a huge market force all gravitating to an app, which, I mean, if you look at some of the implications around the world of what TikTok has, I look at TikTok is to me, basically the video version of Twitter. It's a tool that can be used to start revolutions just like Twitter was. And uh, so it has a lot of power behind it because people are gravitating to the content being made on it. It is made primarily of a specific demographic that is a huge consumer force. Mm -hmm. So all of this is like the recipe for if you, this is a great opportunity for visibility. And if you have a brand, if you're selling products, it's kind of, it's silly not to try to put it out there in front of this ravenous audience that's consuming all of this content when they have such power in the marketplace as it is. So I see it as a super powerful way uh, to grow. And then as the site grows, just like Instagram, just like Facebook, its site authority will grow in Amazon's eyes too. Mm. Um, Currently, they're they're actually very successful Amazon affiliates who have TikTok channels Mm -hmm. and all they do is feature products. And they have millions of followers. And I can only imagine how much money they make just on TikTok alone. Mm. And as that continues to happen. Amazon is going to care. Just like we're kind of going through this weird boom right now with Pinterest because Amazon's like, oh, man, the Pinterest, the traffic from Pinterest is quality. Mm. They're going to do the same thing with TikTok eventually. So when you have TikTok channels, when you have TikTok profiles sending hundreds or thousands of people to their website, mm-hmm. uh, not only are you obviously going to make more sales as a brand owner, but you're going to get rewarded because that's external traffic, just like Amazon likes. Mm -hmm. And it's coming from a site with high authority because the users of it have buyer intent. I'm assuming Uh, then that on TikTok, just like on Instagram, the influencer world is quite strong. Yeah, for for sure. Um, What I like about it though, is that 
there's a lot more real people using TikTok. Um, it doesn't seem to be like that. Yeah. Like totally kind of fake facade that a lot of influencers on uh, Instagram are kind of showing. There's a lot mm. of, and I see product placement. Oh man, a year, uh, probably, yeah, about a year ago. I remember looking at a particular type of product and then I was just curious. And I did some searches on TikTok and I'll be damned if there weren't tons of product placements. So there's some very savvy sellers out there that have already caught wind of this. And they've been employing these uh, micro influencers on TikTok. And if you look at their selling accounts like I have, you'll see their brands very much so are flourishing. I'm sure they did other things, but mm. I can't imagine the, the TikTok efforts hurt. All right. So the elephant in the room then, of course, is the rumored, I wouldn't even still call it rumored, it's a it's going to be banned in the United States. What uh, is, do you think, well, first of all, is that going to go through? Cause you're on the ground in the U S right now. And number two, what happens if it does get banned? Uh, I, I, I don't think it's going to go through. Mm-hmm. I think this is all the big show, uh, rich and powerful, um, primarily men have been playing this game forever. But if you look at the history of the United States, we very rarely, if ever ban anything, even stuff that probably should be banned. Um, so that would be like a huge infringement. I mean, like you got all these crazy freedom loving people here. I feel like that would be a huge infringement on that. Cause it's like, I mean, that's basically like saying, okay, well this channel on your cable television, you can't watch it anymore. Like people mm. freak out. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I feel like it couldn't get that far, but there's also too much interest. It's too powerful of a force as it is. There's no way that the opportunity for an American company to buy it mm. or even buy a controlling interest in it, there's no way that that they're going to let that slip through their fingers. And billionaires have way too much power for the government to just make that decision for them and then be like, okay, well, we have to because Trump said so. Yeah. Like, no, that is not going to happen. These guys are going to have dinner and they're going to be like, come on, dude. And then they're going to come to an agreement and then a U.S. company is going to come in and they're going to buy controlling interest of it. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, yay, the USA won. <laughs> so uh, let me add to that. Um, yes, please. So TikTok right now is actually uh, getting bid, right, from uh, Microsoft and Oracle. And Amazon, uh, Trump saying that um, if uh, any of – TikTok could stay in the United States if it is, got, if it is owned by the U.S. company or, you know. So, uh, so you know, like I could see that uh, – it's not just gonna just leave because uh, you got Microsoft trying to do their ads and stuff. So he wants to be another like a uh, Facebook, right? Mm. So it's a real powerful thing, and a lot of companies would want to get a piece of it. So I and as well as you know they, they say about like freedom, right? If we kind of uh, like kind of ban TikTok or ban social media, it's it's kind of like what China is doing with their uh, banning of Facebook. It doesn't really, it makes it less, uh, uh, you know, democratic or whatever it is Mm. that, you know. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, (laughs) there's a couple of things here that's really fallen out of what we've just been talking about. One is the Gen Zs or the Gen Zs, you know, if it does get banned, the pester power in terms of voting Trump out would be enormous if Trump was responsible for uh, for having TikTok banned. But the second thing I was going to ask was around, I mean, this is really about the fact that the Chinese, uh, it's a Chinese-owned company, and that's the elephant in the room on this. Um, 
and that and that there's supposedly a huge amount of user data that's going back into China. So uh, and that's what's really troubling the United States government, Trump in particular. So isn't it really just a technological fix where maybe the servers are located in the US and there can't be any movement of data from the US or something out back to China? Is it that easy or is it <laughs> or am I just oversimplifying something that's really quite complicated? No, I very much so believe it's that easy. Um, the only reason that that hasn't been brought up is because that wouldn't be a, a clickbaity enough. Like like I said, this is all just a dog and pony show. Like this this makes for good news for good you know fox news viewership <laughs> while we're leading up to an election but it really is that easy like american company buys it all the servers get moved to the us tiktok does not stop collecting that data you have to understand that no that's right it's in the us will own it mm-hmm. and that's all they care about yeah. they want to own it and control and, it. and, and, and happen i mean cuz that it has to happen that's that, those are the rules you have to play by when you're here that makes sense. All right, let's. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add about TikTok before we move on to the next topic? No, no. I think uh, I covered its importance. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage everybody to uh, spend some time on the app. Uh, if you're curious, if you sell products on Amazon, go look for them. See if anybody's promoting those kinds of products already on the app. You'll be surprised by what you find. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I actually have a love and hate relationship with TikTok. The love is that uh, actually um, that it I, I spend like four hours a day before uh, on the TikTok. So I tell my wife, uh, she always tells me, why are you always on it? I say, I'm doing product research and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, honestly, I think I'm just hooked on it. <laughs> so <laughs> because, because of all the AI that's involved, that they kind of like how Anthony was saying, the, there's not always like these dancing girls uh dancing or the kids dancing it's just depend on what kind of information that you uh like mm-hmm. and that you um you stay as like just like uh, youtube where you stay longer and view to the end that they kind of give you those kind of um uh, yeah. videos they tailor the so, content to your interests right so yeah. it's just interest targeting and to keep you on the platform longer and you know hopefully sell more ads and all the rest of it it's really what fun. i it's super yeah, dope. yeah. <laughs> from what from what I am, am on there so much that uh, between TikTok and Facebook, fa- TikTok is a lot more addicted, addictive, mm-hmm. and and it, in in China they already have TikTok that is that where they're uh, they can actually uh, have an add to cart <laughs> function on that okay. on it, so you can actually buy stuff through TikTok and social. I call it social commerce. Mm. So. Uh, that's that's what I want to. Add. That's a whole other topic. Do, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other topic, isn't it? Social commerce. Yeah, but uh, all right. Well, look, let's move on then, because obviously, um, COVID is still ravaging the United States as it is across the world. I had a long chat last week with my friend Matt about this, but um, I'd love to get your thoughts on, particularly out of the US, uh, what's happening with COVID and its impact on Amazon right now. Maybe starting with you, Anthony. Uh, so. Obviously, we're seeing um, the really the biggest strain. Like, so in the very beginning, it was impacting uh, search availability, which was me- was messing a lot of people up, right? And it was because Amazon was putting forth an effort to try and prioritize PPE and mm-hmm. and, uh, and essentials, yeah. Um, and that that sent ripples through the algorithm. Like, whoa, 
for a minute. And I think a lot of things have almost normalized or either that or we're adapting um, to like the, the new normal here. Mm-hmm. But the other bigger problems have come in warehousing and, uh, you know, logistics um, hiccups, you know, because Amazon's already had all, always had issues with their logistics. They just grow too fast and um, for the, for the amount of space that they have. Mm. But now on top of that, they're dealing with. So one of the big problems is COVID is causing workplaces to have to change, right? You have to have people more spread out. Uh, you have people, you know, getting sick. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on that's keeping the warehouses in particular. And this is not just with Amazon, but any fulfillment services mm. at all. They're not able to operate at 100%. No, on they've, top been, of, they've been throttled. Seeing, mm. Yeah. On top of the fact that we're seeing a huge spike in e-commerce ordering because people are stuck at home and they can't shop, you know, in mm. person mm. as much. So this is the perfect storm for breakdowns. And that's the reason why you're seeing, you know, and then of course there's the, the political backdrop right here in the United States. Um, they're restructuring a bunch of stuff uh, with the United States postal service. So there's like a million different reasons why things are being delayed. And those delays uh, have been happening for so long now. It's almost like people are starting to get used to it. So that's weird. Um, but I mean, what can you do, right? Like you can't, Oh, I, I, I pay for prime. Why am I not getting this in two days? I'm going to revolt. Like they're, they can't. Yeah. So like, so consumers are, are, are in this place where they're not as trusting of their ability to get stuff as quickly, which I think is starting to cause people to be more open to the idea of using platforms other than Amazon even though Amazon remains king, mm-hmm. um, I think we're seeing a lot more of that open-mindedness. That, and then, of course, people are using e-commerce to buy things they never used to use it to buy before. It's kind of opening new doors. Um, but right now, what we see is like this interesting mixture of amazing opportunity. And then on like the back-end side with the logistics and stuff, like this just total show. Yeah. And then you've also got, you know, the, for sellers, the, uh, the inventory restrictions and the 200 limits on new products. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's Amazon's way of dealing with that problem, yeah. right? Yeah. So all these warehousing issues. So what can they do? They're like, okay, well, we have to severely limit this. And, you know, for their sellers that are consistently selling through all the time, I guess that's, that's not as big of an issue. But it's going to cause a lot of newer sellers to start expanding early. But I, th- I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing at all. I really think all of us should have been doing this, you know, three years ago. Mm. But uh, I wanted to uh, add on is like, you know, we have Jeff Bezos, two hundred billion dollar, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, new new top uh, most, you know, two, I think is like I think yesterday it hit two hundred billion. Mm. Um, so he wants to make more money right so if he wants to make more money he has to open up more of the fbm let 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 the fbm or the that sector flourish more because they can't handle it you know Mm. they can't handle the workload so in that sense right now you cannot really be on fba and for launching a product you can't give away only 200 products for you know yeah for launch for launch Mm. 
you have to actually um, really go into the FBM model and build a warehouse right now currently or have a 3PL. So that's what it is right now. So you have to really, the, 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 new, uh, the new COVID thing is going to flourish more of the FBM side of the industry. Yeah, I think the FBM world basically or the 3PLs in the United States just were popping champagne corks when the 200 limit was announced because they are busy right now and they're, they're going to, if they're not already, start to get throttled as well for the same reasons that you were talking about earlier, Anthony. Um, you know, they're just going to be overwhelmed by demand for storage and shipments into Amazon at 200 units a time, regular shipments, I'm assuming. Uh, and then, of course, they've probably got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, potential uh, people getting sick or employees getting sick, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's, a, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out in the next 12 months. And speaking of which, I never get into politics on this show, but I did want to sort of maybe pick your brains a little bit. Crystal ball gazing, if Trump stays in and is re-elected, what do you think is going to happen? And if he is thrown out and the Democrats get in, what do you think will happen for Amazon? Uh, I, I, I don't trust anything I see in the media, so I'm not really sure anything will be different either way. Um, at the end of the day, lawmakers go to parties at Jeff Bezos' house. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know I mean? these guys, I mean, these guys are all friends or they're at least colleagues, right? All of them. And I just, I don't, I don't think anything crazy will, will happen because nobody wants to the, the richest man in the world, you know, money. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Howard has a different opinion about, about whether or not the political landscape will actually make any significant, you know, uh, uh, reasons for change in Amazon, but I'm not sure. I don't. I actually agree with Anthony. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll, it'll affect Amazon too much. I think the only, point. only thing it's going to affect is maybe the rolling back of tariffs if the Democrats get in, and that, that could be uh, a real benefit for China as well as for many sellers as well who source from there. But other than that, yeah, I'd Oh yeah, no, that would be the rolling back of tariffs would be nice for the importers for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's been happening long enough. I think a lot of people have found alternative means. Again, stuff we all should have been doing three years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Find other countries to source from. Uh, just get more creative. But mm-hmm. if I if I were to make any predictions, it's not political. I think, as much as I love the physical product selling space, and I'll never leave it. Mm-hmm. As much as I love the SaaS space, where we're servicing and helping physical product sellers. I think that if this pandemic causes things to be the way they are right now for much longer, and I don't see any signs of it abating, so it's probably going to happen. I think we're going to see the biggest innovations in the 3PL space, in the warehousing space, in figuring out how to get physical products to people. I think we're going to see innovations like, you know how every few years you see these massive innovations and in things like transportation? Mm-hmm. That's what brought us Uber, what brought us Lyft. Well, logistics hasn't really had that, but I think this is the catalyst for that. So, you know, that would be my prediction for anybody that, you know, maybe looking for uh, what to invest their money in. Mm. <laughs> That's where the innovation is going. Fantastic. All right, let's wrap this up because we've been talking for over 50 minutes. My goodness, sorry, I've lost track of the time, but uh, it's been fascinating. 
Let's talk about uh, Signalytics and your new venture. Uh, can you give us a bit of background and what does Signalytics do? So the core, the the core really comes from the name. The reason why we call it Signalytics is because uh, we figured out after just looking at data, you know, until our eyes crossed that um, really it's all about signals, sending the right kind of signals to Amazon or really to any platform. I mean, if you think about it, the concept tra- travels over to anything, sending the right kind of signals to Google, sending the right kind of signals uh, anywhere that, that indicate that a website, a product are popular and in demand. So what we're attempting to do, and uh, I would love to see us venture off into other platforms, mm-hmm. but obviously starting with Amazon, because that's where we have the deepest roots, is cre- facilitate a system where we send all the right kinds of signals to Amazon to indicate that a product is popular and in demand so that it gains visibility on the advertising platform. So part of what we do is we utilize uh, an AI to help manage, but it's actually augmented with humans. We don't just set it and forget it. It's literally PPC manager mm-hmm. and an AI to run um, advertising campaigns in an effort to decrease costs while optimizing uh, results. Mm-hmm. So the whole target there is ACOS. And I know that's like, there's been a lot of controversy on how important that number actually is and whether or not you should be spending in the red. But ultimately, sellers want to spend as few advertising dollars as possible to make as many sales. So we have this machine and then we have a person running the machine. And essentially that aims at making the A cost as low as, as, low as possible. So we have that. Mm-hmm. Um, we feed the AI data through uh, reports that we call PFR, which are purchase frequency reports, uh, which is kind of next level keyword research. Certainly is. And uh, we're waiting on, we're so, we're so close to having like the commercially available platform for people to come and sign up. And because we've made everybody wait for like ever, we're going to give like the first one away for free. That's me. That's me, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, but that, that, that data, aside from being obviously available to sellers, we also are using it to inform the AI to help with the PPC. And that also informs a platform that we're building, uh, which is going to be the launch service, which is basically, you know, sending buyers through these channels that I just described earlier, how, how we've been doing it Mm. uh, and in an effort to send all the right signals. So ultimately from beginning to end, when you utilize all of the services available through Signalytics, hopefully within the next like three months, um, what'll happen is you'll have a product and then we'll help make sure Amazon understands that that product is in demand and popular. And Amazon will then take over most of the heavy lifting. You'll see retargeting to your, uh, to your product. You'll see your product page um, ranking on Google, you'll see, you know, emails going out for it. Um, cost per click and, and, and a cost will be super low on the PPC side. 
you'll see, you know, on the DSP side, massive distribution with a wonderful ACOS there too. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, basically you'll be severely in the black or green, whatever color you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, profitable. The profitable color. That's awesome. Yeah. The greenback or something. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Yeah. The, the PFR, the purchase frequency rank, um, is, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, a really interesting. I've never known where you guys get the data for that, but uh, and for those that don't know, there's also search frequency rank or SFR, which is uh, something that a- Amazon, if you're brand registered, you can see from their uh, brand analytics reports in Amazon. So, uh, but Howard's gone to the next level, or Howard and Anthony have gone to the next level and found out which are the keywords that create a purchase frequency rank. So not all keywords have a high level of intent for sales and conversions, but the purchase frequency rank, uh, well, keywords that have a high purchase frequency rank uh, will convert really well. And um, they're the ones that you want to rank for. Anyway, sorry, I think that, does that sum up the PFR, SFR? Yeah, that's fantastic. But thank you very much as well for filling us in on Signalytics. Super excited to see what falls out in the next three months in terms of... um, you know the software actually being launched, and uh, your first, or maybe one of one of your first SaaS ventures, I believe. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, look. Yeah. Let's wrap it up today. Uh, can I say a massive thanks to both of you for spending an hour chatting with us or with me and the audience, and getting to the bottom of rankings and TikTok and Amazon and everything in between. Uh, I'm super grateful to both of you. So thanks, Howard. Thank you for having me here. Absolute pleasure. And thank you, Anthony, of course, as well. Yes, it's always a pleasure talking with you, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on your show for a second time. It is. You're on episode 15. So if you want to go and check out Anthony's first episode, I think it was way back in 2018, February of 2018, I believe. Uh, It was. Uh, So, And that's episode 15. So just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash 015. And for today's episode, head over to the AustralianSeller.com forward slash 101. So thanks again, both of you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Take care. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at the AustralianSeller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at the AustralianSeller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening. 